0: This game's underway. Into the wind of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh,
1: oh my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. going to wave wavy in. I don't believe it. My, oh,
0: my.
1: And look who's coming
0: up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Payoff Pitch. Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. And we are finally here after a long and arduous season. The 118th World Series, Philadelphia Phillies against the Houston Astros. Gets going on Friday night in Houston. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Breaking down our favorite bets for game one. As a reminder, if you missed it, we do have another episode talking about our best bets for the series as a whole. MVPs, futures, props, etc. That's up right now wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This episode will specifically be talking about game one. Aaron Nola against Justin Verlander. I'm Colin Whitchurch, subbing in for Brendan Glesheen today, taking a a step back from the uh, quote-unquote expert role, letting our two aficionados, Sean Zarrillo, Anthony DeBundo, take the reins with their favorite bets for game one. I'll set them up. They will knock them down, so to speak. So let's jump right into it. Phillies-Astros game one. That's Friday night, 8.03. P.M. Eastern on Fox. As I mentioned, Aaron Nola against Justin Verlander. The Phillies are plus 140 underdogs. The Astros are minus 165 favorites, total sitting at six and a half right now on BetMGM. Anthony DeBundo, I will start with you because you didn't get a chance to talk about your futures. You were on our, our futures episode again. People go and check that out if they haven't already. So DeBundo, before you get into your favorite bet for game one, you've got a future to recommend and then let us know how you're betting Friday night's game as well.
2: Yeah. So I took some, you know, you have to take a flyer on a world series MVP, right? That's the whole fun of this, of this uh, series. And I took a flyer on Reese Hoskins at 19 to one to win world series MVP. And I think, you know, you can try to predict out who's going to come up in the big spot. Who's going to get the most RBI opportunities. Who's going to, uh, you know, have the at bat that swings the series. It's incredibly hard to predict. But somebody who hits the ball out of the park as much as Reese is able to, and somebody who is as streaky as Reese is, is exactly the kind of person that I want to take a long shot on in the World Series. Hoskins had four hits in the NLCS. All of them were homers. I think if Bryce hadn't hit the walk-off, if the Phillies had won that, that fourth game two to one, they hadn't blown the lead and then given up and then gotten the lead back. I think Reese might've won NLCS MVP just because of how important his home runs were in game four and in game five, also hit one in game two. So Hoskins swinging the bat really well. He's had a lot of big moments in these playoffs for the Phillies. He's great. He's got a good story because he's the longest tenure position player on the team. And he's pretty well set up to hit in Houston as well with the Crawford boxes on his pull side will be a favorable hitting environment for him in both parks. So I like Hoskins at 19 to one. That's my favorite long shot. Of course, the boys have to win for that. They are underdogs. So that, that definitely doesn't help my case, but I do think they're live here in game one as well. I took them first five plus a half at minus minus one twenty last night. I love that bet. Aaron Nola has found an extra tick or two of velocity in these playoffs. Not just when he's facing his brother, when he threw his hardest pitches of his career, but he's been touching 94, 95, very consistently. And he's been really tough to hit. And that was the case going back all the way through his, when his, this great run really started, which was actually at the end of the regular season, his final start of the regular season, he faced the Astros in Houston. The Astros played their best lineup. The first two times through the order, they were in kind of relaxed mode, but Nola had just two, three ball counts. He struck out the, he retired the first 20 batters in order, took a perfect game into the seventh. And then lost it to your Navarez It was one of the most dominant outings I've ever seen him have. His stuff looks excellent right now. His location numbers are the best amongst all MLB starters based on Eno Saris' model of all pitchers who have pitched at least 100 innings this year. Nobody has better command than Aaron Nola. He's not going to give free bases out. I think the Phillies are definitely even in the pitching matchup in the first five innings, so I like them catching that half of a run on the road. I also think they can have a successful approach against Verlander. We've seen the Phillies go after Max Fried, go after Spencer Strider early in counts. Very aggressive approaches, swinging early, not letting them get ahead. I think that can work against Verlander. It's what the Mariners did. Mariners found some success by attacking Verlander early in the counts. I think the Phillies will do something similar to Justin tomorrow night, get a couple runs on the board, and that should be enough for Nola, given how well he's pitched in these playoffs, save for a really bad inning in San Diego.
0: Verlander, definitely not infallible in the playoffs, despite his Sterling record, his likely AL Cy Young winning season for the Astros, as you mentioned, Against the Mariners. He got roughed up. They jumped on him early. Be interesting to see if the Phillies can do that as well. Zerillo, you have been our Phillies guy all season long. It's funny to say that on a podcast where you're sharing a screen with Anthony DeBundo, the number one Phillies fan at Action Network. But you've been on the Phillies all season long. You cashed an NL pennant ticket on them. You have a World Series future pending. If I can guess where you're going with game one, is it true or not? Do you agree with Anthony?
1: Yeah, especially for the first five innings, that first five plus the half a run. I like it up to about minus 128. But I also like the first five money line as well. You could play that to plus 127 and the full game money line to plus 134. That would be a smaller bet for me. But I made their first five line plus 117, the full game money line plus 124. So about 10 cents off from either of those projections respectively is where I would play the price targets. I agree with Anthony too. I think the pitching matchup for game one between Aaron Ola and Justin Verlander is pretty comparable. Verlander 272 expected ERA this season. NOLA 2.74. So right around each other there. NOLA's velocity ticking up, as Anthony mentioned as well, towards the end of the season. And into the playoffs, both teams largely going to keep the opposing offense in their lesser split throughout the series. Both teams hit lefties better than they do righties. That will be an advantage for the Phillies in game two and six, presumably against Framber Valdez. And for the Astros in games three and seven, presumably against Ranger Suarez, would not expect the Phillies to start Bailey Falter in this series. But with Nola going against Verlander, with Wheeler going against Fromber Valdez, I think those pitching matchups are very similar in terms of how I rate those two starters relative to one each other. One compared to each other would probably rate Wheeler as a better pitcher than Frumber Valdez. Valdez just has the defense and the stylistics behind him with the ground ball that sort of make him hard to evaluate. But overall, definitely think that's where the series is the closest games one, two, five, and six. So in terms of the bullpens, the defense, Slight leans to Houston as well. But when everybody's fresh for that Phillies bullpen, I think they can compete. My concern on the Astros' side is the lack of a left-handed reliever. They've gotten by all year. And in years past, when they just had Will Harris as their effective lefty in the bullpen because he had reverse splits, they've been able to get by against left-handed hitting all year. They don't have any lefties in their bullpen for this series to counteract Harper. Directly Harper and Schrauber. Um, and in the, the Phillies bullpen, one of their key guys has been Jose Alvarado. And but the way the Astros hit lefties much better than they do righties. You're really only targeting Alvarado, maybe against Alvarez and Tucker in that part of the lineup. You probably don't want him in there against too many of those righties, even though he is one of their better pitchers. So I would expect the Phillies to add more right-handed pitching onto their roster for this series. They said they were gonna make some roster changes. But insofar as game one goes, having the better of the splits against right handed pitching, even though I would favor the Astros against lefties, I do give the Phillies offense the nod when both teams are against your righty here. And with Noah and Verlander being very comparable, that's where the value edge comes in for me.
2: It sounds like Brad Hand is going to be off the roster and yep. that they're going to use Chris Sanchez as the fill in. Another lefty, sinker guy, no command whatsoever. Uh, but another option maybe to try to get Alvarez out, but they did use, and this is interesting because I mean, it was essentially a playoff game for the Phillies when they went to Houston at the beginning of the month. It's actually the last team to beat the Astros was was the first day of October uh, or second day of October back at the end of the regular season. And they managed it like a playoff game. They pulled Nola with a runner on base because Alvarez had gotten a hit and they had Tucker and they wanted Alvarado for Alvarez and Tucker of course Nola pitched well enough that they let him face Alvarado or Alvarez rather. But when Tucker came up, that was the spot they wanted Alvarado. He came in, got the strikeout and then they went to Sir Anthony for the right-hander for the next inning and Eflin closed it. So at that time they didn't have as much faith in Sir Anthony Dominguez. I think he's solidly the closer now, but it is interesting that they seem very confident in the matchup with Alvarado against Alvarez and Tucker, and they're only two spots apart in the lineup. So you can bring in a lefty for three batters, and he only faces one righty and Bregman. So I think that's the approach they're going to have. We will see exactly what they end up doing, but I think we're going to see a lot of Jose Alvarado against Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker in this series and potentially in game one as well.
1: And what's interesting for games two and six, too, when Frober starts, you know, you take out. Stott for Edmundo Sosa, you take out Marsh for Veerling. But then once Fromber comes out of the game, you could just put your left-handed bats back in because you have no left-handed relievers to worry about facing them. So that is an advantage that the Phillies potentially have to be able to platoon their lineup and then not have to worry about getting platooned back by a bullpen.
0: Bullpen matchups, obviously very fascinating there. And, and you guys have, have confirmed it. This payoff pitch remains a, a Phillies podcast. It has been all October much to my chagrin. Um, curious though, Zarrillo, you, you haven't talked about it at all. So I assume you don't have a bet on it, but I'm just curious for, for the people out there who are looking to play every different angle where you project this from a total standpoint with it sitting at six and a half right now.
1: Yeah, I have it at 6.6. Uh, this is always going to be a stadium that is dependent for roof open or roof closed in terms of the run scoring environment. So keep an eye on what they say with regards to the roof. I'm not sure how the weather is in Texas right now, but I know that they did open the roof at some point down there during the playoffs already. So I was skeptical that they would keep it open throughout the playoffs. Normally they have it closed, but uh, they've, they've done it already. So keep an eye on it. But yeah, if, if that roof is open, uh, I would probably be looking at more of an over and with it closed, I think I'd have it right around six and a half.
0: Yeah. I believe they uh, they opened it for one of the games against the Yankees much too Aaron Boone's uh dismay I believe the what they said is that the the contract that they had when they used taxpayer money to build that stadium with a retractable roof is that if the weather is in certain conditions they are required to open the roof just to you know actually use the thing I think it was only open for one game during the 2022 regular season and then it was open for that one playoff game so it's all it's weather dependent and it's uh it's the league's call after that. So that'll be definitely something interesting to watch if the weather's good. I'm down here in Texas and it's uh, colder than usual. It's in like the fifties right now, but it's also nine o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. So that doesn't say much about what it's going to be like in Houston on Friday night. But yeah, if, if the roof is open, something to consider with the over Anthony.
2: Yeah, I, I have a prop as well. I like uh, Nola sitting at five and a half strikeouts. I still like the over there. I think they're going to really push him. He is on extra rest. Nola this season, when he's pitched on four days rest, which is like the normal five-day rotation, he is ERA is more than a full run higher than when he's pitching on more than four days rest. So like an extra day or you know, over a break or a couple of off days. When he's had more time, he's been a much more effective pitcher. Uh, and that's something that the Phillies knew and and thought about over the course of the second half of the season because he has logged more innings than any pitcher in all the baseball now with uh, including the postseason. So I think Nola's going to get pushed here because the Phillies do not have the bullpen depth to get away with it. I know the Astros put a ton of balls in play, but Nola with the extra tick or two in Velo. Uh, is helping him get more strikeouts in the playoffs. We've seen that even in the outing where he got roughed up in San Diego and maybe they left him in a little too long. He still did get to six strikeouts in that game. So I like the over on the NOLA strikeouts. Action Labs has it at 6.3. I like over five and a half. All right.
0: All right. As a reminder, we will be with you next on Monday, previewing Game Three. We'll have the first two games of the series done by that point. Game Three will be Monday night in Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Ballpark. Will be rocking. Anthony, are you go- are you going to be there?
2: That's still a work in progress as to whether I will be in attendance, but working working on that. Hopefully, we'll see.
0: All right. Well, as a reminder, we'll be back with you Monday to preview Game Three. Whether it will be. One-to-one or two-to-zero in either team's direction is to be determined. But as a reminder, you can follow all of the picks of Sean, of Anthony, of everyone on the Action Network app. You can follow them individually, as well as following the show's favorite picks by searching Payoff Pitch Podcast, again, in the Action Network app for all of our picks. We've been doing it all season long. We'll continue through the World Series so that'll do it for payoff pitch presented by BetMGM for Sean Zarillo and Anthony Debundo. I'm Colin Whitchurch. Good luck with your bets, and we will talk to you next week. Joe
2: no fills. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute.
0: No one wants to leave.